preseason basketball is coming to Birmingham, so we should all become Pels fans. What does Zion's injury mean for the Pelicans? Can Ole Miss battle Alabama for the top in the West? We pick our SEC games and NFL matchups, and we take a deeper look into Alabama versus Tennessee, in addition to why we sometimes call this game the third Saturday in October when sometimes it's not played on the third Saturday of October. All this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. On it. Let's make this night last forever. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's So 14. And joining me later on for Christy's Corner is my co-host, Christy, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this show is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all things sports in different forms and varieties. Before we get into anything regarding sports, I do have some exciting news. As you all know, when you hear our intro song, it is First Date by Blink-182. I'm a huge Blink-182 fan. I've been that way for a very long time. And some exciting news, because Tom DeLonge has joined Blink-182 again. This is great. This is fantastic. They're going on tour. Oh my gosh, you know, teenage me is screaming. I've been listening to Blink-182 on repeat for the past few days. I'm so excited. This is fantastic. And this is going to be so, so awesome. Now, we are finally back into sports. So right now, it is preseason basketball. And most people might not really bat an eye, which is okay. You know, it's okay that you're not paying attention to preseason basketball. It's okay because, you know, sometimes we get lost in the hype. But the reason why this is so big is because the New Orleans Pelicans not only are playing, and there are de facto small market team in the South in addition to the Hawks and the Grizzlies and also the Hornets, but they are coming to Birmingham. That's right. And not only that... Birmingham has sold out their arena for this game. So not only is Birmingham hosting a preseason game of the Pelicans versus the Hawks, but many people are going, and that's terrific. So you might be wondering why this is huge. So obviously in the summer, Birmingham was able to host the World Games, and that was a way for Birmingham to get on the rise. And this whole show is focused on making sure that people are remembering that the South has a lot to offer. This is big because Birmingham has a G League team, which is under the New Orleans Pelicans kind of leadership. And if Birmingham is succeeding, then it also feeds in well to New Orleans. Now, New Orleans is a terrific city, and they're finally getting back to a good standard of knowing what they are looking for when it comes to basketball. This is an exciting team. You feature some dynamic veterans, some really great young players, some terrific first-round picks. Zion's coming back. Brandon Ingram is back. You've got a hometown, home state player in Herb Jones. Kyra Lewis is from Alabama. So this all ends up working out really well. And this is great for the city of New Orleans now, too. Because like I said before, you know, now New Orleans can have fans in the state of Alabama. It's a pretty short drive from Birmingham to New Orleans. I'm not saying that people are going to do that all the time. But with Birmingham, they're kind of stuck in not knowing who to root for. Now you have that opportunity 
to join in and become a Pelicans fan. Now, I know that some people will say, well, you know, they can kind of choose it. Exactly. But now you get that experience. How do people become fans of teams? They become fans because they're excited about the experience. They're excited about the players. This is an exciting Pelicans team. You know, you got Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, just to name a few, Jose Alvarado. This is a great team. And it means a lot about this culture, too, because they're looking to grow within the South. This is also a team that many people thought should move away from New Orleans. Isn't it terrific to know that they get to stay? Now, everyone can be excited because you can all join me in becoming a Pels fan. For legal reasons, that is a joke, but we would love that. I mean, I think it's great. You know, obviously the goal is to see our teams from the South succeed. And we're making this possible. We're finding a way for these teams to grow. And they have the support system too. Now, really with it, it is a preseason game. Obviously, we understand how that's going to go. But there's still so much excitement to look forward to. You know, these Pels have been playing really well. They've only lost one preseason game. Obviously, the season starts. But this team is gelling. They returned everyone from last year except one player. To have that really shows that there's some good chemistry. And everyone is just firing on all cylinders. Now, obviously, it's preseason. We still have a lot to learn. But the excitement is there. And for the first time in a while... You have Zion Williamson, who's going to be there. But a little more on that in our next segment. Now, before everyone becomes Pelicans fans, I do have to let you know that we did get some harder news that Zion got hurt. The good news is that the injury is not serious. The bad news is that as Pelicans fans, we typically get nervous when it comes to injuries. Look, the ceiling is there for Zion. He's a phenomenal player. He's super strong. He's probably one of the most exciting players to watch. The problem is, is that everyone talks about how he has not played a full season. And I know that can be hard. I know that can be disappointing. But he looks the part. And I'm excited. Now, really with this, it kind of comes down to a few things. You know, he looks good. But most importantly, I'm very proud of the Pelicans for how they're handling this. That Pelicans got a lot of heat for signing Zion to a max deal for him not playing a really a full season. But right now it's looking like it's a good decision. I know that with Zion, it is hard because we don't know much about him. You know, he's still very young. I know he came into the league in 2019, but he didn't play at all last year. And then the other two years he's played, it's been very minimal, but we've seen what he's able to accomplish in that time which is why the ceiling is so high for him. I know that there are times where with some players, an organization can have trouble with how they're going to handle things or how they're going to get players used to certain situations. And that is one of the things where players struggle with. But with the Pelicans, especially now that they have Willie Green, this is huge to know that they have that idea and really this clarification for what they can do with their star player. Now, obviously, we mentioned that the Pelicans are coming to Birmingham. A lot of people are excited that the Pelicans are coming. They want to see Zion. This begs the question, should Zion play 
on Friday. One of the things that I was listening to when I listened to one of my favorite podcasters and Jake Madison is that right now they haven't seen the full team play together. That's right. They have not seen the starting five lineup play together because Brandon Ingram has been out. So this begs the question, should Zion play? And right now, I feel like this is on Willie Green. He said that Zion is day-to-day. So it could be something where we see him. It could be something where we don't see him. But his health is first and foremost. We have to remember that he is still just a kid. He's you know only 22. And that's still pretty important to know because he's still in the young, early stages of his career. And Willie wants to make sure that he's taking care of his top pick. So I wouldn't be surprised if Zion doesn't play. I also wouldn't be surprised if Zion plays for maybe, you know, 10 minutes. But this also comes with another question. When are we going to see Brandon Ingram? That's right. We have not seen Brandon Ingram play in the preseason. There's talk about him having some struggle with his toe. And another thing that Jake had said was that he is a little nervous because Brandon Ingram does have some injury history. Now, I think Brandon will be fine, but it's another thing as well. You know, the preseason is meant for you to get the experience for your younger players, your rookies, your undrafted, your free agents, everyone who is trying to make, have a shot to make this team. Brandon's going to make the team. Zion's going to make the team. Herb's going to make the team. CJ McCollum will make the team. Jonas Valanciunas will make the team. This is where you're focusing on your depth and having an idea of who's going to back these guys up. So for the most part, I think that it is good where they're standing right now. But I think with this too, maybe people are excited because they want to see Brandon Ingram and all these NBA All-Stars. And this is a team that could have a lot of All-Stars. Speaking of All-Stars, it is important to focus on this player who has roots in the state of Alabama. And his name is Herb Jones. Obviously, we have not talked about Herb in a while. I am so excited to have Herb back. He went to Alabama. He's from Alabama. And most importantly, in 2018, he played a terrific game against this Atlanta Hawks player who was a star at Oklahoma by the name of Trey Young. And he did phenomenal. Now, Herb is known for his defense. Now, we need to get excited because Herb is going to find ways to lock up your best players. I am so excited to see what Herb Jones can do as he continues to grow, especially when he's playing on Friday when it comes to with Trey Young and with all these other players as well. Now, another thing that I want to focus on is this team and how they can make it to the playoffs. This team made a surprising run last year when they got to the playoffs. They went to the first round. They hosted a playoff game. Fortunately, they lost to the Phoenix Suns, but that's okay. This team is way ahead of things now. They have a great young core. They have great veteran leadership. They can make a very good run at the playoffs. Now, obviously, we're going to focus more on it as time comes for basketball season. But I definitely think that this New Orleans Pelicans team deserves some praise, some excitement, because you have a tremendous coaching staff. You have some phenomenal players who are going to continue to do very well. And you have players who are really just excelling and firing on all cylinders. It's going to be a great year for this New Orleans Pelicans team. 
And now we are going to go live to this edition of Christie's Corner. Hello, welcome back to Christie's Corner. We've got a huge Alabama game this weekend, week seven. We've got Alabama at Tennessee. Trap game? I don't think so. Maybe going into this season, I would have looked at the schedule and said, oh, Tennessee, not a worry, but now I'm worried. Tennessee is ranked seventh nationally in yards per play. We've seen that they have the ability to score on anyone, any team. That's going to present a challenge for Alabama. We've struggled a bit offensively. Um, We've had some turnovers, especially by our quarterback, Jalen Milrow, who's currently our quarterback, has Bryce's out. And we don't know if Bryce is going to be back. Saban was on the record saying he's making progress, but we're not going to learn anything till the game. I wouldn't even be surprised to see Jalen start and then Bryce comes in either second quarter, depending on how they're playing, maybe even second half. Uh, The Vols do lack a strong defense. So I think if Bama can keep answering any scores that Tennessee is making and we can run down and tire out Tennessee's defense, I think they're going to be okay. And our receivers just, they have to be consistent. So we've got Brooks, Jayshon Holden, Jermaine Burton, JoJo Earl. I think you can pick from any of them, and they're going to produce maybe not touchdowns, but positive yards. And I don't think we need to see big, huge, outstanding, deep, long throws. I think we need to keep with these short passes. And the receivers do a lot better being consistent with these passes, and I think that's going to allow Bryce also to get back into the game and not hurt himself even more. But I do think we still need to run the ball. I think people don't expect that from Alabama. I think they expect the crazy deep long passes. But I think to win this Tennessee game, we just have to get positive yards. We have to move down the field. And like I said, we really just need to answer every score that Tennessee scores. Now, We're playing Hendon Hooker, who has proved himself, but he does still have some weaknesses. If he holds on to the ball too long, he has to run around and scramble. He does not do well when a play extends. So if we can get him to panic and make those panic throws, maybe our defense can come up with some interceptions. It would be nice to see. We haven't had as many from this Alabama defense as we had in the past. So I think that can help us as well. Another team that's looking pretty scary is Ole Miss. Now I think after this weekend, they're going to move to 7-0. and zero. I don't think they need to worry about Auburn. They won over Kentucky, and they really showed how strong their defense was in that game. Now, their quarterback, Dart, he can be inconsistent, and 
Even Lane Kiffin has said they know that and they know what he has to work on. But I'm really liking this Ole Miss team. I'm not an Ole Miss fan. Don't quote me on that. Now, I am a Lane Kiffin fan, so I am rooting for him. Alabama plays them November 12th. It'll be interesting to see where each team is ranked by then, and I think that can be another interesting game, just like this Tennessee game this weekend. Another not-so-scary team. You guys hear us talk all the time about Jimbo. He's not invited to the party. But these A&M fans are acting a little weird, and dare I say cultish. So they have their whole Aggie Yale Club, and I mean, it's some weird stuff in general. They do all these chants and yell back and forth, but lately things have gotten really weird. The Aggie Yell leader was videotaped on the floor. I mean, he almost looked like a fish out of water while they were doing these chants. Like, he was like flopping on the floor. I I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know what that was about. There was another video. Some Alabama fans kind of crashed the Aggie Yell party, I guess you call it, before the Texas A&M-Alabama game. And the leader was trying to come up with some insults about Alabama fans. And he totally froze. And he didn't have anything to say. And you know he practiced these in his dorm room, I'm sure. But he went completely blank. He had nothing. I'm not sure what is going on in A&M. It's coming down from Jimbo all the way down to the fans. What an odd school and an odd place to be right now. But I'm sure we'll see more from them. We're going to have some really exciting games, and I can't wait to recap them all on Tuesday. See you then. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. It did look a little weird with Texas A&M. Maybe someone should check in on them. Preferably not me. I'm still trying to recover from that game. But moving on to our next opponent, I think it's very important that we discuss Alabama and Tennessee. But I might have to also point out that a few people might not know why we refer to it as the third Saturday of October. The best way to put it, usually this game is played on the third Saturday of October. I, I know, I thought it would be something more exciting. I wish I could say that it was a really big reason why we called it that. Usually... It's when it's played. I mean, the Wikipedia really page really just says that it is known as the third Saturday in October because the game was traditionally played at such date prior to the 1992 football season. It's very rare, actually, now where it comes down to Alabama and Tennessee playing on the third Saturday of October. But with this team and with this game, it is going to be an exciting one. Obviously, you heard how Christy and I are pretty nervous about this game, and we have all right to be. You know, usually Alabama is going to beat Tennessee very soundly. I mean, there's a 15-game win streak, but with this team, there are some nerves. This is a really good Tennessee team. Hendon Hooker is a Heisman contender, and of course, with this, Tennessee is looking good. Now, the main question is always going to be, Will Bryce Young play? And we've automatically decided that similar to Tuesday, Bryce Young's status will not be announced until it was time. There's speculation that he will play. I really hope he does. But there's also some game plans too in the event that he doesn't. 
The biggest game plan is making sure that Alabama runs the ball. I definitely think it's important that with this Alabama team, they continue to go back to their roots and win with defense and win by running the ball. In addition, I also said on Tuesday that Alabama needs to find a way to throw short passes. Throw some screens, throw some slants. Like I said before, it's been a very long time since we've seen a jet sweep. I know my friend Ben is going to kill me for saying that, but hey, you know, we have to find a way to do this. I was talking to my friend Simon earlier, and he said we might not have a speedy receiver for that. Look for Tyler Harrell. He might be back. Or look for JoJo Earl. Those two could actually run a jet sweep. I'm not saying that I should be given the playbook. Actually, I kind of am saying that. Um, So if Nick Saban, if you want to hire me as your new offensive coordinator, I have experience in Madden and I know way too much about watching football. So I would love to come in for an interview anyway. But with this, I think it's important that there is a game plan, whether you have Bryce or not. Bryce is going to be a big reason that Alabama plays well in this game. But it also comes down to, wait for the defense. This defense has not forced turnovers that much this year. Look for Alabama to feature their cheetah package of Will Anderson, Chris Braswell, and Dallas Turner. Those three, with their ears pinned back, are going to be dynamic and cause mayhem on Hendon Hooker. Christie alluded that with Hendon Hooker, he sometimes struggles when he has to be out of the pocket. Look for this Alabama defense and Pete Golding to find ways to get him out of the pocket and throw on the run. Also look for Jordan Battle, Cooley McKistry, Eli Ricks, Terry and Arnold to get their hands on the ball. This defense is hungry. They want a takeaway and this might be the very game that they can do so it on. Another area to focus on is will the receivers continue to be consistent? I think with this, they need to find a way to continue to step up, but keep catching those short passes, and see if you can go upfield. We don't need to throw deep. We don't need to keep going deep. But I think with this Alabama team, this is how they're going to get the wide receivers involved. Pound, 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 play action, just like the old days. Now, really with this, I'm nervous for this game. Alabama has struggled on the road. This is a team where Alabama is going to play on the road. And with Rocky Top, especially in Neyland Stadium, it can be very loud. But I do want to bring up a part of this game too. Tennessee is doing an orange out. Now, here's some history for everyone too. In games where teams decide to do a color outing, Alabama is really good in those games. In 2008 against Georgia, in their blackout game, Alabama won that. In the Penn State whiteout game, Alabama won that. In Arkansas, two weeks ago, in a red out, Alabama won that. These color outing games aren't the best for the teams who do it. But it doesn't mean that I'm still not nervous. This is one of the best offenses in the SEC, but they also can put some pressure on this offense from their defensive side. Look for Byron Young to cause some mayhem. Look for Hendon Hooker to play extremely well. They don't have Cedric Tillman, but Brew McCoy will step up. This can be a very down-to-the-wire game, and it's going to be decided by, wait for it, turnovers. 
Whoever is forcing the turnovers will continue to do well in this game. Be sure that you hold on to the ball. I don't know if Holman Wiggins was walking around trying to punch out the ball, but this Alabama team needs to make sure that they are holding on to the ball at all possible. And now it is time for some picks of our SEC teams and all small market teams. So obviously we are going to start with our SEC teams. This is a very exciting week. We've got some other top matchups. I know Christy had talked about Ole Miss Auburn. I'm going with Ole Miss there. With this Ole Miss team, Lane has got them firing on all cylinders, but with this team, they do need to find some consistency. Jackson Dart has struggled a little bit. Looked for them to play a more complete game. Georgia Vanderbilt. I'm going with Georgia. Georgia has struggled a little bit, but this could be the game where they figure things out and kind of get back into what they are looking for. Arkansas BYU. Arkansas isn't looking the best right now. KJ Jefferson is hurt. He might play. He might not. So with this game, as much as it pains me to say, I am looking for BYU to play the better game. But Sam Pittman will keep it close. He will find a way. LSU Florida. I've been on the record by saying that I shouldn't keep picking Florida, but there's just something about me having to pick them because right now I think that they are the team that is going to beat LSU this week. LSU struggled last week against Tennessee. I think it's time where we give Florida an edge, and who knows? Maybe they'll be ranked again. And finally, outside of Alabama, Tennessee, we've got Mississippi State, Kentucky, Kentucky has definitely struggled. Will Levis is hurt. I'm going to say that it's this Mississippi State team. Mississippi State, also a sleeper team in the SEC West. And of course, Alabama-Tennessee. I have Alabama winning this game, but it's going to be close. They had a struggle win against Texas A&M. Look for them to find a way to put that game behind them and pounce on this Tennessee team. Alabama, after they have very close and very narrow wins, they are unstoppable. And look for their talent, their offense, defense, and even other dynamic players to step up. Because right now, it can very much be that way. And we will close out with our NFL picks between the Saints and the Bengals. I am going to go with the upset as a Saints fan. I choose the Saints Right now, it's looking like they have Alvin Kamara back to his old self. Michael Thomas will play, hopefully. So I look for the upset there. 49ers-Falcons. I'm taking the 49ers. They just have too much of a great defense. And I think right now, with the Falcons, they still have a lot of questions to be answered. Obviously, we have the Tennessee Titans who are on a bye this week. So we won't focus too, too much on them. And then, of course, we have to look at some of our other teams as well. So obviously, right now, we have the Panthers going to the Rams. Panthers have struggled this year. They just fired Matt Rule. I'm going to go with the Rams. So right now, look for our Southern small market teams to make some noise. But this also might be the week where they don't make too, too much noise, really. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake's So14. You can find us on 
Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're basically on all forms of different podcast platforms. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all things sports in all different forms and varieties. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Drop a like, drop a follow. We couldn't have been growing for the past six months without everyone's love and support. And I'm so thankful for everyone. So as always, continue to make memories, continue to be a light in this world, continue to make people smile, be the best version of you you can be. And as always, I will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Find some love, love you, love you, love you. Gotta keep